Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Howdy, Pie Tribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Passive Income Examiner. I'm excited today to bring you an amazing guest. We're going to talk about online businesses, funnels, and all good things when it comes to creating passive income from an online evergreen system. Today, joining me is Liz Bohr. Liz, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our chat today. It's going to be really fun, and we're going to share and chat through so many good evergreen passive income um, ideas for people. Definitely. Well, let's start out just getting to know you a little bit. Share share with us a little about you and how you got where you are today. Yeah, thank you. So my journey really started um, originally in corporate. So I worked um, on the corporate side in ad tech um, and ad tech sales for about 10 years working with big companies like Hulu, Stitch Fix, to name a few, Ford Motor Company. And what I realized very soon after, I think Stitch Fix was really probably the eye-opener for me because it was one of the first big brands that I had worked closely with to help them launch a new product. And it's female-founded. And what I soon quickly realized is that There are so many amazing female founders, creatives in the marketplace that have these amazing products, are so passionate about what they're doing, but really struggle to figure out how to market their business in a way that is not only sustainable, but scalable, right? Like it can be a challenge to figure out where is the best place to market my product? How do I do that? And in what ways can I do this without it taking 80 hours of work every week um, to do that? You know, a lot of these female founders have other responsibilities, whether that be family or you know, spouses or partners or, you know, just not wanting to work um, a crazy schedule, but they still desire um, to to have their passion into the hands of more people to make a greater impact. And I really believe in that kind of ripple effect that we all can have with just impacting one more person. And um, that's really where I started my business. We, I have an agency that creates done-for-you funnels for mostly work with female online businesses. So we'll create um, the funnels that they need to, whether that's launch a digital course or membership or transition to Evergreen for that passive income stream. We'll help them to do that, setting up those emails, writing all of that copy for them. Um, And we also will manage uh, Facebook and Instagram ads for them to really help them get to that scale level that they're looking for um, in an easier, more systemized way. So that's kind of, you know, where I got started, where the agency came from. I also have a podcast marketing to millions and um, work pretty closely with some coaching students as well to kind of help them set up these systems. Because as you and I both know, um, and probably a lot of your listeners, systems can really benefit us. It's I always say it's like the it's like the 24-7 worker that we don't have to to pay or, you know, hire. Or sometimes I'll use the analogy of 
you know, an, a perfectly green grass lawn, like a sprinkler system for your lawn. You don't have to stand out there waving the sprinkler or moving the sprinkler head all day long. Instead, you can rely on your sprinkler system to produce that nice green grass that you're looking for in the summertime an evergreen system, um, and a lot of these funnels that we're going to chat through today help us to be able to do that in our own businesses. Well, that's just awesome. And that is exciting. Hey, friends, you know, from the demands of career to personal obligations, sometimes life can feel like it's in control of us and not the other way around. Spending decades working hard with the hope of one day getting time to enjoy simple pleasures or luxurious vacations, or heck, even just spending quality time with loved ones without the mental heaviness of our obligations waiting for us when we're done. I know so many of you are feeling so desperate for a change and you've expressed to me you're willing to do whatever it takes to get yourself out of the place you're in. My friends, I don't want you to struggle. I don't want this journey to take longer than it needs to. This is why I've created the Freedom Business Community. It's a community for people just like you who are saying to yourself, there's got to be a better way. In this community, we work together to build micro businesses and create multiple passive streams of income so that we can build businesses that support our lifestyle, the lifestyle that we long for. Let's take control of our life. Let's create the life that we long for and let's do it together. Join me in the Freedom Business Community. There's a link below in the show notes that will take you there so you can sign up and let's get started today. So kind of what got you personally down that? And like, did you just start out with your agency or did you build out your own evergreen funnel first? How did that, how did you make that transition from working full-time to doing it for yourself? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I think for me, the like jumping off point was really my husband is active duty military. We were living in California at the time and there was potential of us moving to the East Coast, which is where we live now. Um, And where we were moving was a lot smaller town than we were living in in California. And I was still working in corporate at the time. And I just looked at my life like five years from then, or even one year from then and realized, you know, this town isn't going to have the, these same level of corporations for me to work with. If they do, I'll have to drive like an hour, which means an hour one way, an hour back. And I just looked at you know, and evaluated like, really, what do I want to be doing with my life? Where can I make the most impact? Where do I feel, you know, the most fulfilled? And the job that I was doing then just wasn't it. And we were, we soon found out that we were going to be moving to the East Coast. And it was kind of that like final nudge that I needed in order to try and do something on my own. I started working one-on-one with clients in the very beginning, it was kind of one of those things that you hear a lot of people start out with as they transition to going off on their own. I kind of was offering everything under the sun from, you know, I helped a a brand rebrand, redo their website, you know, remarket their services. And I also did a little bit of, you know, helping people to launch their businesses on social media. So I was kind of dabbling here and there, um, just working one-on-one with clients to help me not only build my own confidence, but really feel, feel out what I did want to do because I did have that, you know, 10 years of past experience with corp in corporate where I was doing, you know, many different roles 
And so I do have a pretty wide range of knowledge in the marketing space. And so for me, I really just needed to figure out what do I want to be doing? Where can I help the most? Um, And so I I feel like for me, not only to build my confidence, but to just figure out what I wanted to do and what felt most aligned for me, I had to go down that road of like kind of working with different types of clients, which, you know, is not really the best route to go. But for me, it's kind of, you know, it's been part of my journey. And then I honed in on sales funnels, helping people to really be able to sell their product and market their product using um, automated funnels. Because for me, you know, I had a really good background in sales. I had a ton of sales training and I found that a lot of people struggled or felt insecure or just felt unworthy of selling their thing, right? Especially a lot of times as women, sometimes we can feel, you know, I don't want to be salesy or I don't want to push my particular product. And I always try to flip it um, with my clients and coaching students and ask them, you know, if this is a valuable product, if you really believe in this thing, why don't you want to share it with other people? It's no different than sharing a favorite top that you just bought or your favorite, you know, shampoo or eye cream or lip gloss that you just purchased. It's really no different than sharing those favorite things of yours with your friends and family, with those people closest to you that you want to say like, hey, I just discovered this. I didn't know about this before. Maybe you did not either. And let's talk about it. Let's figure out if it's right for you. And it's not going to be right for everybody. But what about that one person? Or what about those next hundred people that it would be perfect for that are already looking for your solution and would love to work with you? They just don't know that they can. Yeah. I love what you said about like that they are looking for your solution. I mean, it almost makes us realize that we're doing people a disservice if we are not sharing it. And that's such an important point to make. So thank you for sharing that. That's true. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think you're right. A lot of people get their start out there fishing, (laughs) so to speak (laughs) about like, what is going to be right for me? It's funny because we spend, I mean, your story is similar to mine. I spent 20 years in sales and marketing too. And it's like, we spend our time doing all of these things, but when we get to go out and figure out what is good for us, what aligns with us, where do we want to sink our teeth into It's almost like we have to figure out of all of the pieces, all of the hats that we wore, which one feels the most fun, right? Or feels the most Mm -hmm. aligned or where do I want to help the most? And it's a totally viable story because I think, you know, I think a lot of people need to know that that's okay and they can go out and just try on all the hats figure out what works and every business pivots. I mean, every business pivots, but when you finally figure it out, then you go full speed ahead. You put your funnel together Mm -hmm. and you really start cracking the whip. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. So let's, let's get into that a little bit. So like, let's say that people are listening today and we want to talk about like a framework for building a funnel that could generate us, let's say $40,000 a month, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of the key components that we need to have that every funnel needs to have And what are, and then tell us too, as you kind of explain that, maybe what are some of the biggest questions or concerns you hear from people and kind of elaborate on those if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. So for me, a profitable funnel really comes down to four steps. And this is the way that I design it for my clients and for coaching students. 
And the very first part of that step, you know, outside of like doing our market research and understanding the solutions that we're going to be solving for our people, once we have that offer, once we're ready to share it with the world, we still have to have a plan in order to know where we are going, right? Like I kind of always use the analogy of a Google map. We have to know how we're going to take our customers from point A to point B and B being the results that we offer within our solution, whether that be a product or a service or a digital course, membership, whatever that might be, it's still the solution, the result that we're going to give that people can expect from our product or service. And so where we are starting, point A, is where a customer is now or where our potential customer is now. It's those pains that they are feeling. And we have to really understand that in order to know how we can take them for on the map. If you use the Google map analogy, you know, on that blue line, how are we going to take them? How are we going to communicate our message? What information do we need to educate them on in order to keep them on the path to get to our solution. So first we have to have a plan. We have to design our funnel in a way that makes sense. For some people, if you have multiple products, that might be kind of like an Uber pool where you're stopping at different points along the journey. For some people that just have one product or one signature offer, you are taking people from point A to point B and then you're kind of done. Right. So we have to look at and evaluate our businesses, evaluate our offer suite and first take a look at one signature offer. You can you can make forty thousand dollars a month with one signature offer. You do not have to have 10 products in your offer suite. You do not have to have, you know, an offer, everything under the sun. You can do that with one product. But we have to have a map. We have to have a, a visual representation of where we are going to go. So that first step really is planning and designing everything out. Next, we're going to create. And in this create phase, we are creating things like our emails, our social media, deciding how we are going to launch our product, whether that be through an open and closed cart date, meaning we only allow people to enroll at particular points of the month? Or are we going to have this be something that is always available that people can purchase every single day of the month, every single week? You know, so that's part of planning everything out as well and helps us to create our emails, to set up all of our tech tools, to design that funnel in a way and set it up so that it's automated once we have all of those pieces in place. Um, and I really believe that all of this can be automated, even the social the social media aspect, right? We can plan all of this out in, ahead of time so that we do not have to do it in real time. Obviously, there's great power in one-to-one communication, but that's very hard to do at scale. And it's really not sustainable long-term. So once you get your footing, once you're at a point in your business where you feel like your offer is really resonating, you are getting people to purchase from you, and you feel really good about the way that you are marketing it, let's make sure we're automating it so that we don't have to do those one-to-one DMs or feel like we aren't serving our audience 
in the highest level that we really could with an automation. So that's what automation does. It allows us to serve people at a higher level. So we've got plan, we've got create, we've got next would be to launch everything. So again, whether that be open and close cart date, you're picking a specific date to say, hey people, I'm inviting you to enroll in my offer or you know, the very first time you're, you're offering it, you still have to invite people. You still have to tell people about it. You still have to share it. And so we're just picking a date on the calendar. We're launching, we're selling, we're excited. Energy is huge, right? If we don't believe in our own products, how can we expect other people to rally behind us and believe in it too? If we only share our product one time or send one email, inviting people to enroll. How can we expect the the volume of people to enroll in our offers if we aren't reminding them? The an industry stat kind of tells us that five, um, in order to um, get the amount of sales that you need, we need at least five follow-ups because we're all distracted. We all have things going on. We all have so many consumption points that we are getting every single day. Whether that be someone coming into the room when you're in your checkout cart, you're on your computer, you're ready to purchase, and all of a sudden someone rings your doorbell. Oops. Okay, I'm going to close my laptop, go to the door, right? Like we have so many different distraction points throughout the day, and we just need those gentle reminders. It doesn't have to be pushy. It doesn't have to be salesy, but we do need to remind people that an offer is on the table, what it's about, why it's amazing, and why they should jump at the chance to enroll. Doesn't again, doesn't mean we are telling them like, hey, you have to enroll now or this is going to go away or feeling like putting all those crazy scarcity tactics that some people will want you to use. But we're just inviting them into our offers. We're inviting them to have a transformation because we believe in the results that we offer for our our people, our you know customers. And then the last piece of this four-step process is grow. And this one is really important because this one is really all about measuring our metrics, understanding what is working, understanding how to make tweaks, how to pull those mini levers in order to boost and be able to scale at the level that we are looking for. It's going to be different for everybody, but if we don't know where we have gone, we don't know what our marketing strategy or sales funnels are doing, it's really challenging to get to the next level. So the grow phase is all about looking at your metrics, making sure we understand what's happening with our funnels, what's working, what's not, and you know, putting that CEO hat on and removing our personal, our like own personal from our offers, because sometimes we tie them to each other a little bit too closely. It's really about saying, okay, what is working? Is this email converting? Is this social media topic converting? Like what is working? What do the metrics tell us? What does the data tell us? And using that to steer our marketing decisions to get us to the next level. Okay. So let's unpack that a little bit. Um, I realized in the beginning talking about you kind of skipped over the, you're like, obviously you have to do the market research, right? You kind of already need to know that you have an offer that people are interested in. But let's say, for example, people are just getting started and they have an Mm -hmm. offer. They've had a few clients, 
but they are, you know, maybe working a full-time job still as they're trying to make their transition, or maybe, you know, they want to homeschool their kids or who, who knows what they just want to have a chunk of their time dedicated to something besides getting their next client, so to speak. So maybe they don't have quite all of the marketing pieces down on like how to word things. What would be maybe some advice or how could people start to do some tests in the market to really make sure that it's not so much that their product isn't the right product. What I'm trying to ask is like, how do they know how to word their offer, right? In a way that entices Mm -hmm. people or clearly communicates what their product or service is offering. Mm -hmm. Any way to test that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And some of it is going to be trial um, and, and I don't want to say error, but, you know, just trial and testing um, because as we are getting our footing, we have to test some of those marketing messages and just get a feel for what feels aligned to us um, and really start to dig into those pains and desires of our customers. What is really awesome about a lot of people that I work with, and I'm sure a lot of people that um, are listening and that you work with, is that for most of us, the offers that we are creating bloom out of our own experiences, which means we have experienced the results that we are going to be either teaching or you know having other people pay for. We've already experienced them for ourselves. Or maybe we have already experienced them for someone else, right? Like if you have, if you're a service provider and you work one-on-one with clients, look at, look at that roster of clients that you already have gotten results for and start writing down one, where they were before you started working with them. You know, if you were on a sales call with them um, or you were back and forth DMing them on Instagram, what were some of those challenges that they were telling you that they were experiencing before they started working with you. Write those down because those are key in order to really understanding that point A that we were talking about before of where people are right now in their journey and where your perfect customer is starting out with. And then we want to look at, okay, what are the results that I get for people? Is it time-saving? You know, do I have a service or a product that helps people save time, whether that be, you know, creating social media graphics for people, giving them a workflow template or um, helping them with meal prepping or creating, you know, workout exercises, whatever that might be, that's your solution. And that could be saving them time. It could be saving them resources. It could be helping them to grow in impact or income whatever that might be for your result, write those down as well. So if you could just start writing down, you know, start with 10 on both sides of the pains, struggles, what questions people have that keep them either stuck or maybe, you know, if they're late at night working on their laptop, what is really keeping them up at night or causing them to work more hours in the day? What is holding them back from really achieving the level of freedom, both financially and, you know, from work that they are really wanting, write those down. And then once you have your 10 on both sides, pick your top three that are, you feel most passionate and, and that when you read them feel the most powerful to you, meaning they're not long, like 
drone on sentences. They're shorter, concise, and you can communicate them. When you say them out loud or you say them to a friend or family, they start to kind of click, right? Like the other people that don't really know what you do, when you tell them, this is the solution that I provide for people struggling with this problem, okay, now they start to get it. It starts to click for them. So those are the kind of phrases that you can start to use in your marketing materials as you start to um, what I call message mine. And that's just really starting to understand on a deeper level past the surface of like, okay, I'm going to help you remove overwhelm. We're not going to get burnt out. Like all of those kind of fluffy terms that you'll see a lot of people use. Let's go a little bit deeper. And this exercise will help you do that so that you can communicate your message and kind of stand out from other people that might be doing the same thing as you. Do you have podcasting questions? Are you looking for a community where you can learn and grow as a podcaster? Hi, I'm Greg, creator of Indie Drop-In Network. Join me and Jeff Townsend, AKA the Indie Podcast Father, on Twitter Spaces every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Every week, we are joined by experts on different aspects of podcasting to help the community learn and grow as creators. We tackle questions from podcasters at every level. Just go to podcastingpowerhour.com for links to the space and to hear previous episodes. That's podcastingpowerhour.com. That's great. And I love that because it is something that um, I do see a lot of people struggle with that the, the, the buzzwords, so to speak, those mm-hmm. fluffy words that just they don't hit home anymore because they're just overused. I mean, burnout mm-hmm. is, I think, a trending topic now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, and one other tip that I'll say on that is if you are using those or those are the first phrases that come to mind as you're you know, maybe you're Googling, like these are, this is a question I get asked all of the time and you just pop it into Google to see what comes up, to see what other keywords um, might associate with that same type of word. Another thing that you can do, and, and I do this a lot of times for myself, is ask myself why, right? Like if you are the person that helps other people remove burnout, why do you, why do they want to remove burnout from their life? Right? Like go a little bit deeper and ask yourself, what are they really experiencing where they are feeling burnt out? What is causing that feeling of burnout? And that will help you just to go a little bit further, you know, kind of get a little bit deeper into what might be causing some of those internal and external, um, feelings that that they might be experiencing. So really touch on the emotional aspect and then ask yourself why. Good. I like it. I mean, especially because too, too often I think people go into, not that this is a wrong strategy, but it's unique. What you're saying is unique in that more people are going into the transformation and deep into that end of it. And that's a little bit hard to peg because I mean, think about it. When we alleviate overwhelm for people, what does that mean? I mean, that's a different story for everybody. And unless you want to produce a different piece of content every day, you know, be my (laughs) guest, but (laughs) that's not the point of an evergreen strategy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) 
That's great. <laughs> okay. Yes. So let's talk about money, right? Let's talk about money. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when you're on the phone with your client, you guys are really working through this. Let's talk about what that looks like as far as mapping out that return, right? I mean, ideal situation. You said you can develop it, you know, with one product and you could sell 40,000 mm-hmm. a month, or maybe you do multiple stair, like a, a ladder of, of products that lead them down mm-hmm. the money trail. Is there one that's more effective than others? These are like, I'm going to rapid fire questions for you because it just, that's how my brain works. It just comes all yeah, at one time. Let's do it. <laughs> so like, is there one system that works better than others? Um, or is it more about the product that matters? That would be the other question. And then the other question that I'm asked that I'm wanting to know is, is there a, a way for somebody to, do you recommend that they start from the beginning, kind of look at this and back into, well, if I want to sell $40,000, I need this many to sell of that, et cetera. And is that even realistic? So like, just tell us the whole goods. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll start with the last question. Um, because, you know, it's a question I get asked a lot, a lot of price point, like how do I price my offer? Um, and it's also a, a question I get asked a ton when we're running ads for people, how much do I need to spend on ads, right? And we have to start with our end in mind. And you made a good point. If I want to, if I want to make $40,000, what is it going to take in order for me to get there? So we have to look at our price points. Do we want to create a higher ticket program at a higher price point and have less students? Because as we're starting out, that's just how it kind of works, right? We have to build our audiences. We have to warm people up to get them comfortable and trust you enough to pay that higher ticket price point. So do we want to create something that's high ticket and we want to attract those people that have the financial ability and can afford a higher ticket price point? Those people are likely a little bit further along in their business. So we have to look at who we want to attract. And, and then we can price it appropriately and build our offer into what we need to price it at, right? So a lot of people get hung up of like, I'm going to put everything into this and then price it really low or price it like way outside of what other people are pricing. And then it's really tough to sell, especially initially. So we have to look at, you know, how many people do we want in this program? I always say, when you are selling something brand new, let's even if it's a service or a product, whatever it might be, I always like to one start my price point a little bit lower so that I can get a few more people into it, right? Because those are going to be your founding members. Those people are the little bit risky takers because they're willing to jump in with you get their feet wet and know that the program or service might not be perfect. Everything might not be like beautifully flushed out just yet, but they're willing to take that ride with you. So we give them a little bit of an incentive to pay a little bit less. Once it's fully flushed out, I like to raise my prices after that because then I feel really comfortable and confident saying, you know, this is the price point. This is an amazing offer. This is everything that you get. I know you're going to get the results and this is the price point. So I can sell more confident, confidently doing it that way. So you have to decide, you know, how many people do we need at a particular price point in order to hit that 40 grand? And then we have to decide, will one product 
get me to that 40 grand or do I need to have multiple? A lot of times with multiple offers, they work for people that have two audiences. Maybe you have a more beginner or newbie audience that isn't ready yet financially to invest at a higher ticket offer, or they just want something quick and easy that they can implement. So for example, a low ticket offer might be something under $300. It might be some sort of template, a workflow, a plug and play thing that's going to save time, money, um, or resources. You know, it's going to prevent them from having to hire that VA sooner. They can get organized and then hire that VA. Or it's a one-time offer that you are just setting something up for them on the back end. Um, or maybe you're just working with them one time to with a VIP day or something to get them set up for the next level. And then you are offering them a higher ticket program when they are more advanced. So if you have two audiences, maybe you have a newbie audience and you also serve people that are a little bit further along in their business, you might want to consider having a lower price point offer and having something that is more robust. What I say about high ticket versus low ticket is you have to think about the solution that you're offering. So a lot of times high ticket offers are all encompassing. It's really taking us from, you know, let's use um, funnels, for example. I know nothing about funnels to I'm taking this, I'm enrolling in this program, I'm purchasing this offer. At the end of it, I'm going to know everything that there is to know about this funnel, this evergreen funnel that I want to put in place in my business versus a lower ticket offer using that same um, example might be, I'm just going to give you all of the emails that you need for your evergreen funnel. You'll still have to set up your tech on your own. That's not included in this offer. This is just a single like spotlight. We're just doing one single thing inside of this offer. It's a lower price point because you're only getting one piece of the whole, of the whole pie, right? You're just getting one piece with that lower ticket. It's still giving you a result. It's still a really good solution, but you're going to be missing a few pieces. And that's how we really move people up our value ladder, if you will, you know, that bunny trail or Google, the Google Maps we were talking about earlier into our higher ticket offers when we have two products. We really want to make them in sync with each other. Otherwise, there's kind of no point of having more than one product. Right. And that makes sense. And plus, I like what you're saying, because I see that's something I've run across with people I've talked to is, as I say, I feel bipolar with my client list. I've got people who are over here, you know, they're just thinking maybe about being a VA. And then I've got people over here who know they want to do Pinterest VA and they're very specific. And, you know, I don't know which direction to put my funnel in. And so I like what you're seeing where you can really target both, but you just do the lower price offer with the people who are still in that information stage. And then you get more strategic and higher priced as they get more specific. I mean, that makes sense. Right. Exactly. And that's really where segmenting with our email, um, our email service provider comes into play and really helps us to create that personalized experience that a lot of people are fearful of missing out on with an evergreen or automated funnel. 
because we can segment our audience and we can only, you know, send emails to people in that, you know, VA example, we're going to send our Pinterest product to people that we know have kind of raised their hand and said, Hey, I'm interested in becoming a VA, a Pinterest VA. Here's a perfect product for you. This is why you'll love it. Versus, hey, I have another product for people that just want to learn the general skills of becoming a VA. Maybe you want to learn how to set up a bunch of tools. Maybe you want to learn how to grow your business. You know, whatever that might be, a general VA, you can segment and separate them so that you're really personalizing those experiences. It can still be automated and it should be, but you are tagging people inside of your email service provider or you're segmenting, separating them in some way to allow you to personalize that experience for them. It gives them a more positive experience, makes happier customers, and it gives them faster results because they don't have to sift through like, oh, is this email going to be right for me or is it not? Right. I love it. That's great. This is great. Okay. So I'm hesitant to like ask too many other deep questions because I mean, we've gone over so much good, deep information. Like I don't want to (laughs) overwhelm people, (laughs) but I wanted, I do want to say like, what do you think is the biggest pain point for people when they're, when they're at that decision-making phase where they're kind of like, should I go evergreen? Cause I think I've heard that before where it's like, everybody's going evergreen. Is the market going to fall apart? Is it really the time for me? Should I just stick to doing it one-to-one? Isn't that better? You know where I'm coming from with this? And like people really are noodling over like, what is the market going to do? Do you have any insight into that? Well, unfortunately I don't have a magic ball that I can predict the future. But I will say, you know, I do love having a, a an evergreen funnel for our baseline, right? It really comes down to what do we want our business to be and how do we want to operate it as the business owner? Do we want to be able to step away? Do we want to be able to delegate more? Do we want to be able to scale without working more hours? And an evergreen system allows us to do that because... It creates a baseline, a foundation of income, predictable income for our business. And what that also allows us to do is free up some space in our brain to not have to hustle for, you know, constantly searching for new one-on-one clients. You can work with people one-on-one for fun because you love it, not because you have to do it. And so an evergreen system or funnel allows us to have a little bit more breathing room to feel like, okay, when I look at my books, my my bookkeeping, my financials, I know I can pay my bills. I know I can cover my email service provider. I know I can cover the tools that I'm using. I know I can bring on this VA and help and delegate some more tasks to them to alleviate some of the day-to-day tasks that I personally, as the business owner, am doing. And now... I can go and focus on maybe a new creative project that I want to create or, you know, working less hours or, you know, spending time away from your desk or whatever that might be for you. It allows you and gives you that freedom to feel like you have the ability to step away to do something else, whether that be focusing on higher level strategies or taking time off or, you know, whatever that might be for for you personally. Um, So that's why I love an evergreen. An evergreen also allows you to 
build your audience, expand your audience in a way because you'll always have the particular offer on your website, right? Like you're not putting it up and taking it down. It's always available for people to purchase, which boosts your um, search engine optimization ratings. It gives people the opportunity to test you out on some level if they are already searching. It, It prevents people from saying, oh, I'm really searching. I would love to work with this person, but they don't have anything available for me right now. And I really need it right now. So now I have to go and find it from someone else, right? Like it's prevents us missing out on those opportunities to work with people that might be perfect customers of ours. So that's another reason why I love an evergreen funnel um, because it allows us to serve people wherever they come into our funnel. As we know, everyone, not everyone is going to come in at the very top, meaning they won't all need three months to be nurtured before they're ready to purchase from us. Some people are ready right now and an evergreen funnel and having a a product or service that is always available gives us that opportunity to work with those people that are ready and excited and amped up to get the transformation or result that we are promising you know, today, rather than waiting six months from now, when you might be creating a new product that has like a week open cart date, they have to enroll in that particular time. Yeah. Um, Those are all great reasons to go evergreen. (laughs) You nailed it (laughs) on the head. Let me tell you. (laughs) I love it. You're right. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know. But at Mm. the same time, it's just smart business. It sounds like, you know, it's like if we're treating our business as a business and we're not really ready or in a position to hire staff members, even if that means outsourcing, um, you know, and then that puts our company at more risk. So, I mean, you get complicated that way. So it's much better to keep it streamlined as long as possible. Use the evergreen system to help, you know, nurture everybody where they are at, let you be a one-man band as long as you can be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, right. you know, expand when it's necessary and it's good. Mm-hmm. So that's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, and that doesn't mean that you can't have another thing that you offer at a, at a certain time of the year. You know, maybe your sales are really strong at the end of the year or you love doing a Black Friday sale. You can still do those. You can still have those promotional periods in your business those then become fun injection points of cash where you can, you know, hype up your, your audience and get everybody excited. And you'll be probably excited. You'll enjoy it more because you're not stressed about making cash, you know, this particular week of the month, and then hoping and praying that that cash can withstand you for the next six months, right? Like we have our baseline layer. It's our foundational piece. And then if we want to, do something we feel comfortable and confident to add something else or run a particular promo or partner with someone else that you just met and you really hit it off with, you can still do those. Mm -hmm. Well, that, and you've got a larger audience now because you've maybe you've got some good freebies or some low ticket offers that have brought people in who, you know, six months later, now they're probably more in a position of ready to make that big purchase. And so offering that Black Friday sale or special is going to be able to, you know, bring in more people that they've already been in your space. So that's a really great point to make too. I like it. Well, tell me, um, where can people find you? Where would be the best place? Yeah, thank you. So 
I hang out mostly on Instagram. You can um, say hello at Liz Bohr, L-I-Z-B-O-E-R underscore com, C-O-M. Um, so feel free to say hello there. My website is lizbohr.com. I also chat um, on a podcast called Marketing to Millions and bring on experts as well. So you can check me out anywhere where you are streaming podcasts or where you're listening to this. Um, you can find me there as well. Fabulous. Thank you so much for being a guest. You've been a, just a wealth of knowledge. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. If you like mommy, so leave a review. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you. And if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.